0: Welcome to Illuminating the Scriptures, a study of Nevi'im. In this series, we explore the words of the prophets and delve into the meaning and significance of these sacred texts. Say for Yeshua, the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. This section speaks about the vision, a certain vision that Yeshua, Hanavi, Isaiah the prophet, saw. Verse 1. Bishnas Mois in the year of the death of Hamelach Uziyo, the king Uziyo. According to some, this does not mean literally the year of Uziyo's death; rather, this is a reference to an event which is described briefly in Second Kings, Lochem fifteen, chapter fifteen, verse five. More at length in Second Chronicles, Devarayam Beis, chapter twenty-six, verse sixteen, and further. Where U King Uzio lost his kingdom, he became stricken with tsaras, with leprosy, and he lost his kingdom and his and his son took over. So this when it speaks about the death of the king, it doesn't mean his literal death, it means his cessation, his no longer being a king. Isaiah continues to describe, he saw God, he saw the Lord. Yoisheval Ram Ramvanisa sitting on a throne, high and exalted. The words high and exalted, some read as a description of the throne, some reason read it as he saw God sitting on a throne, but we should be aware that God is high and exalted. Whenever the prophets have a vision of God, they see God generally as a man, never for the purpose of worship, it's for a purpose of understanding how God interacts with the world and God appears to to the prophets, often as a king sitting on a throne. of the hem, the bottom, meleim esahechal, fills the sanctuary. Again, a question, does this mean the, the hem of God's robes, so to speak, or does this mean the bottom of the throne fill the sanctuary, the temple here on earth? Verse 2. Srafim. Srafim is a description of angels, fiery angels. Oymdim <speaking in Hebrew> Stand above him. The word mimal, above, does not have to literally mean above. On top of it means they're standing ready at his beck and call. Sheish kenafayim. Sheish Six wings. Six wings. To every individual one of these fiery angels. <speaking in> Beshtayim <Hebrew> yichas With two of those wings. The angels... Cover their face, With two of them, they cover their feet, uvestayim, and with two they fly. One understanding of what we could learn from this is that the angels cannot see God. They cover their face. It's it, it's considered something that they 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 cover their face from. So to sort of so to speak to prevent them from seeing God because God is something above what the angels could be could comprehend. They cover their feet because humans can't comprehend the angels. The angels are something that are above human comprehension and of course that tells us that God is so much more above human comprehension. And the two that he flies with that is who the angel is. The angel is the flying of the angel is what the angel is called upon by God to do. This Ze verse 3 one called to another and he said kadish 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 which means holy 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 hashem the lord of hosts the entire earth is filled with his with his glory what the angels are saying is on a simple level, holy, 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 when we repeat a word three times, we're, we're saying is that it's true to the extreme, to the absolute. God is absolutely holy. He's described as the Lord of hosts. And His glory fills the earth. That means God is the king of the entire earth, and every iota of existence ought to reflect the glory and the honor of God. Another interpretation, or a deeper interpretation, of the threefold Holy is, the Targum quotes this, Kaddish, holy, which means he's holy in the high heavens, which is the seat of his presence, so to speak. Kaddish, the second one, that would be the first one. The second one, he's holy on earth here, the work of his strength, and and he's holy forever and ever. Again, the triplicate holy is just is a holy is complete and absolute his holiness. Vayanu I'm reading verse four. They tremble, or they moved. They the the pillars of the threshold, which means the doorposts, and we're talking about the doorposts of the temple. They the, the doorposts of the temple of the temple trembled. mikola Kaire from the voice of the caller, of the one who called, the house, in other words, a temple, temple was filled with smoke. What this tells us is as follows. The idea of God sitting on a throne represents the concept of God's sovereignty. A throne is something a king sits on. The fact that the throne touches And its bottom reaches the sanctuary, whether it was the bottom of the throne, whether whether it was the bottom of God's robes. The same idea is that the temple is the touchstone. That's the place where, so to speak, heaven meets earth. In chapter 8, in the first book of Kings, chapter 8, in Aleph, chapter 8, we see how the prayers ascend from earth to heaven, so to speak, through the temple. We're supposed to pray in the direction of the temple, and that's where the prayers go up. God responds to King Solomon in that chapter, my eyes and my heart are there. In other words, God's focus on the earth is through the temple, so to speak, which means that the temples were the hub and the core of the actions of the Jewish people, their service of God, and God interacts with the earth according to the actions of the Jewish people. And the fact that the temple trembled when God's holiness is being proclaimed by the angels and the house is filled with smoke gives us to understand that at this point the temple wasn't doing what it's supposed to do it it couldn't contain it's supposed to be not only the container of God's of this cry and this declaration of God's holiness but it's supposed to be the hub of how this declaration should spread out to the world and here we see the temple itself could not contain that call for God's holiness and this would be parallel to what we learned in the first chapter where, there, where God's, God tells the people that their offerings are not pleasing to him, their service in the temple is not pleasing to him, it's not doing what he intended it, that it should do. So Isaiah was given to understand is that there's a certain serious disconnect between the people and their calling as a nation before God. I'm reading verse 5. Isaiah said the prophet himself said woe to me because I am cut down in other words Isaiah f- felt that because he's unworthy he's part of this unworthy nation that their temple is no longer pleasing to God so he's going to be he's going die I am a man of unclean lips and in the midst of a nation of unclean clean lips I am sitting I dwell Hashem Tsevaka is the King, the Lord of hosts. Ro enoi. my eyes have seen. In other words, I didn't deserve to see this vision. I've seen this, this awesome vision and my nation is not worthy and I'm not worthy. So uh, he felt that he, he, he'll be punished for seeing beyond what he was meant to see or beyond what he was deserving of seeing. Verse 6, And he flew over to me. He flew over to me, echad men one of these fiery angels, oviyada irtspa, and in his hand a coal, b'melkachayim, that with tongs, lokach, he had taken may alam from above the altar. So, in other words, this altar, assuming from the temple, the angel took a coal with tongs, tongs from the altar, and he flew over to the prophet Isaiah, vayaga alpi. He touched the coal to my mouth, and he said, the angel said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your transgression is removed. And your sin will be cleansed, will be atoned for. Two ways of understanding this. simple way of understanding this is that Isaiah was in need of, of a cleansing because he's part of this nation that is undeserving. Yet, because he had this coal touched to his lip, that cleansed him. This, the purity of the coal from the altar, this is God's, you know, word. This is God's, actually coming from the altar would mean that this coal came from a place which Israel is offering this to God. So there was some purity left in Israel's service of God. And we shall see that at the end of the chapter. And somehow this atones for his sin. It could be the pain of the fire touching his lips atones for his sin. Another understanding is that specifically the fact that he said this was, was inaccurate. He shouldn't have said these words. He shouldn't have said, I am unclean of unclean lips and I, I'm sitting in am- amongst a nation of unclean lips. It was wrong of him to say that. If God showed him the vision, he should have understood that God meant him to see the vision. And he shouldn't have... Re- uh, stood back and, and made this declaration about himself and about the people that they're not deserving because God did show him the vision, and that was the sin that needed to be cleansed. So in short, what this vision tells us is that the intention, God's, Isaiah sees God sitting on the throne, the, the angels declaring God's the absolute holiness of God, how the earth is supposed to be filled with the glory of God. He sees the temple not being fit, to bear this call, and God appoints him or, or cleanse his, cleanses his, his uncleanness, whatever his uncleanness was, by having the, the coal of the altar touch Isaiah's lips.